So everybody have a good Valentine's Day? Yeah? Yeah? Good Valentine's Day. Love is in the air, right? Seems like it, this time every year, um, Valentine's Day, people start thinking about love and expressing their love uh, more so maybe than in other times. And of course, that's great. But we know that we're supposed to, we're supposed to express our love. We're supposed to love people, love our spouses, love our children, you know, every day and all the time, right? And uh, it's interesting when you look at how we use the term love, how we talk about love, that actually, uh, based on the English language, we kind of use that term uh, loosely a little bit, I would say. For example, we say things like, you know, I love to fish, and I love to hunt, and... We go to this restaurant here in, in Waterloo a lot of times after service on Sundays called J Fires, and they have this bread pudding, man, that I'm just telling you, it's, I'm not big on dessert and sweets, but this bread pudding is, it's unbelievable. But uh, I always say whenever we get it, I say, man, I love this stuff. But when you look at love, the way that the New Testament uses it, it and often the word agape in the Greek is what's used to, to describe love. And the word agape, it means a much deeper sense of that word love than what we typically or often use the term love in our English language for. It means a full, whole, a fullness form of love, a whole form of love, very specifically to prefer someone else or others over oneself. And so, it, you know, whenever I say I love bread pudding, I mean, I really don't mean I agape this bread pudding, you know. I'm not saying I prefer this bread pudding to myself. This is so good, I would lay down my life for this bread pudding. We don't say that, right? Because the way that the Bible talks about love is it's something that expresses itself for, toward God and towards other people. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, verse 34, he said, uh, starting out, it says, When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so of all of the, the commandments that Jesus could have brought forth at this time, when, they're, when their Pharisees are kind of like testing him and putting him on trial openly, if you will, um, he says, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, your soul, and you should love others as you love yourself. And this is the kind of love that we are encouraged, that we are commanded to walk in as we move along in our lives for other people that God puts us in contact with, that God blesses us with in relationships around us. And the first thing that we, that we understand about Jesus is that he loved us this way. Like he already showed us 
and demonstrated this kind of love and the way he lived his life when he was here on this earth. He came and he gave himself freely for us so that we could experience eternal life in heaven. That he came in that full form of love and preferred every one of us, all of us. He preferred everyone who would receive his love more than he preferred himself. And he demonstrated that. And so in order for us to really be able to express that love that we're called to for others, the first thing we have to do is we have to actually receive his love. Are you with me? We have to receive his pure and perfect love that we may be capable of loving other people the way that he is encouraging us and telling us to. He also said in... John 13, 34, I believe it was, yeah, John 13, 34, uh, he said, listen, a new commandment I give you, that you should love others as I have loved you. It's interesting that he says it like that, it's a new commandment. See, before Jesus came and actually opened himself up and demonstrated this perfect love the way he did, what he's saying is, is that this kind of love wasn't actually known before that. That we really didn't, we, we, the Bible talked about love, but we didn't really have the ability to grasp or receive the, the love that Jesus is talking about until he came and actually poured it out for us whenever he died for us on the cross. And then in order for us to love others, we have to receive his love. He's saying, love others the way that I have loved you. So we receive it first so that we can actually give it out, right? And I love the, the scripture in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that talks about, it's almost like kind of the love test, if you will. It talks about how love expresses itself and it gives what I consider to be one of the fullest and best definitions of how we can look at love the way the Bible describes it and compare it to how we're walking through our lives and how we're loving other people, the way the high calling that God has lifted us up to in that. So starting out in verse 1, chapter 13, if you've got your Bibles, you can go there, 1 Corinthians 13. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy... And understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. To pause right there and say, he, he's, he's giving some different examples here, prophecy and sacrificing our bodies, different things. But, but he's, he's kind of painting a picture where no matter what kind of noble deed or worthwhile deed that we would perform, if we're not actually doing it out of a spirit of love, then it's really, it's, it's irrelevant. It's not, it's not it, it doesn't have the purpose in it that God is asking us to, to live with as we move along, right? So no matter what we do, if we do something and we're not doing it out of love, it doesn't profit us to do that. It goes on to say in verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, 
does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes in all things, endures in all things, love never fails. I don't know about you, but I could just read that scripture right there and get convicted, right? I mean, that is a, is that not rich and full in the terms of the definition of how love expresses itself? And do you see how when you read this, I mean, I can't love bread pudding like that, right? You can't love a thing this way. It's, it's meant to express, its sort of, express itself in the relational sense of the word. You know, you can't love a tree like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like a nice oak tree as much as the next person, but I can't express myself that way towards a thing. This is something that we're to carry with us and express toward other people. And of course, we're to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. And as he's loving us, we have the ability to love people this way. So let's break this down a little bit. First of all, love is love suffers long and is kind. So patient. Patient. Love is patient. Be patient with me for just a second. But no, love is patient. And what that means is to, is to be able to be steadfast and move forward, but to patiently wait for along the way. It doesn't mean that we just stop and just become immobile. We still move forward in our lives, but it means that we are, we're patient. We're not demanding something in a certain time frame or looking for a certain response in order to, is like a condition for our love, right? We're to be patient with all of those whom we come in contact with and whom we walk with. And it, I think it's funny, but I have a hard time with this because I'll get in lines at the store and then I, it's like, man, I am challenged at that point. If, if the line moves along really, really good, I'm in a great mood. You know, everything's fine. If the line is just not moving or something's going wrong or something's happened, I've got to really, like, remind myself of these scriptures. I'm just being honest. And you can see it in other people, right? It's like all of a sudden when, when they get there, they're not necessarily showing love to the person at the counter that's checking them out because they, they weren't able to exude patience through that whole process. And all of a sudden, what you see coming out isn't love. It's something different than love. I don't know what you would call it, but you wouldn't maybe call it love, right? And so you could say, man, that's not, that's not the way God's calling us to express his love to someone else. Patience. Patience. The next thing it says is it's kind. And so it's, it's always looking to serve. Serve others, serve God's will, serve God's purposes. It's looking to be kind and compassionate towards other people. The next thing it says is that it, uh, it is not jealous, right? Does not envy. And so love, in order for, we look at it the way that God is talking about here, is it's not interested in its own benefit. And, and it has the ability to see other people in good situations and being blessed and to be excited and happy about that, to not all of a sudden turn back and look at what we personally do or, or do not have, right? That's, that's, not, that's where jealousy comes in, and that is not the pure form of love that God is talking about. It says love is not boastful. It's not puffed up. It doesn't parade itself around. It, it doesn't need to. It doesn't need to do that. Katie and I, we play cards a lot, and we're pretty competitive. 
and uh, I win most of the time. And <laughs> yeah, she's not here right now. It is true. I think I'm like 15 out of 17 right now on Rummy. It's crazy, but I don't know what it is. I have I have to work on this because, like, we'll be. We'll, it was 450 to like 445. She was winning. We were playing yesterday, and it was the last hand. And then I like. I went out and set her back, and I ended up winning. I was like, "Woo!" You know, I mean, I jumped up and I was dancing, and and she was just like, she was very annoyed by that. That's not love. <laughs> I got to work on some things. That is definitely not love. I'm sitting here preparing for this message, and I thought about it. I'm like, ah, that's gonna be a tough one. Lord, help me out with that. Love is not boastful. Love is not rude. Right? It's not unbecoming. It is appropriate. It handles itself well. Being rude is just kind of like not being considerate of other people around you, right? It's almost like you just do what you want to do and what you want to do and how you want to do it. And it's not to say that we don't have freedom. The Bible says you have freedom, but if you use your freedom in a way that uh, hurts or harms other people, then that's not a good use of your freedom. So being rude is just, it's kind of another way of saying, look, I'm just concerned about what I want to do. I don't really care how it affects other people around me. But, but love, it's concerned with how other people uh, are affected by what we do. Even if maybe they shouldn't receive something that way or they would get upset or it would bother them, love considers that before it acts, right? Love considers that and thinks about that before it acts. It does not seek its own. I love this. It does not seek its own. What that means if you study that is it does not desire itself. Love is entirely and completely meant to be given away. It gives itself away. It's not looking for anything back in return. Jesus gave his love for us when he did it, whether we would love him back or not. And that's how we're called to walk is when we love one another, when we love each other, that we're not doing it in any way upon some kind of a condition. Or if our own needs get met, then it helps us, then, it's, then, then we will love fully and affectionately. But if we don't, then somehow that puts a standard or conditions on how we choose to love from then on out. And that's not what the Bible is saying. Love does not desire its own. It gives itself away, and it gives itself away freely. It is not provoked to anger, meaning it's not easily irritated. It's not easily aroused by things that would just kind of rub us the wrong way at times. How many people know if you have relationships, you're going to get rubbed on a little bit, right? I mean, that's just the nature of relationships. I don't care. I mean, I know you guys love me, and I'm, I'm great. I understand all that. <laughs> Boastful. <laughs> but uh, trust me, you spend enough time with me, I'm going to rub you the wrong way. I don't need any of my family to to vouch for that, okay? And I wouldn't say that if Katie was up here either, but no, it's just the truth. We're going to rub each other the wrong way. That's just the nature of relationships, and can we just give each other permission to be imperfect, 
right? That's part of it. That's why love's so important because we're going to be challenged in these things relationally as we live our lives. But love comes in and does not get easily provoked or easily irritated and therefore we're able to move forward in our relationships more effectively and express that genuine representation of the kind of love that Christ is calling us to show other people. And remember, when we show other people His love, we're showing them Him, right? Because He is love and we're showing them Him and that in itself carries with it power. Love does not think evil. So it doesn't go along, if you look at study that, it, it says to basically keep account, to sort of like carry records with us of things that people have done wrong or how they have wronged us, to kind of carry it with us as we've moved along. Love does not do that. It just freely and abandonedly just lets go and, re and just forgives and releases those things, doesn't hold people accountable to something that they may or may not have done to us or for us. Love just has a way of moving and progressing along without any of those kind of conditions or any of those things mounting up in us. And if we do and we carry those things, we know that that's ultimately going to affect us or keep us from being able to love the way that God is calling us too. Love rejoices in the truth and not in iniquity. And I remember one day I was reading this and God just was really speaking to me. And I was like, yeah, I don't like it when bad things happen. I don't like it when, when terrible things occur. And God was just like challenging me, I believe, in my heart. And he says, you know, it's more than that. It's more than that. It's you, love is not, does not somehow gain pleasure when other people have something negative happen to them. You know, sometimes, and let's just be really honest, okay? Sometimes, because we are people, and people, sometimes our self is involved in this, we can see someone else have an unfortunate thing happen. Or maybe uh, the success or, or their progress in something gets stifled and if we're not really careful, sometimes that can bring us a, a weird form of pleasure. You know, like almost we can think, oh, you know, it makes us feel better about ourselves or something. Or It's not that we wish harm on people, but when it happens and we see it, that somehow there could be something that's not of God that we feel in that thing. And love doesn't do that. It doesn't rejoice in any kind of iniquity at all when the people that God created as children are experiencing any kind of adversity or anything of the enemy or anything negative in their life. Love rejoices in righteousness. We want to see good things happen. We want to see the things of God come to pass in people's lives. Amen? Amen. Love bear. Where's this? I got lost here. Hold on a second. Love Sorry, I'm jumping down here. Bears all things. Where did it go? Here we go, verse 7. I got ahead of myself, I'm sorry. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love is effective. It is always moving. It has the ability, no matter what kind of circumstances that life is bringing to us, 
difficulty, challenges in relationships, finances, you name it, all the different things that come along. Love is not affected by that and love continues to persist and love continues to be effective in the way we deal with our relationships even in the midst of any of those kinds of circumstances. It is not hindered, it is not altered, and it is not diluted in any way. It is not withdrawn and it is not held back. Love continues and bears all things. And then it says there that love never fails. I love that. I just, love never fails. Those three words are so powerful. Love never fails, man. When we're, when we're operating in love, we may get some things wrong. We may not see things clearly. But when the position of our heart is that kind of love for other people, the way God is commanding us to and the way that he's loving us, we're going to move in the right direction. We're going to see the things of God continue to happen and Him use us and Him to exalt us in all the things that we do as we move along in love. Love never fails. I know one, our, our, one of our daughters, Evie, she's three, and she loves to come in to our bed at night. She loves to sneak in there. And she would do this thing where she would like crawl over me and then she would kind of come up at the feet of the bed and then she would just lay like at the bottom of the bed where you can't feel her. I mean, she did all these funny things, right? She's three. And so finally, we had to start locking the door because it's, you can't sleep. I mean, it just like gets you restless sleep, you know? And so we had to start locking the door. And then that worked for like a couple of nights and then all of a sudden we start waking up and she's there in the morning again. And the door's unlocked. And Katie's like, why are you unlocking the door? Why are you opening the door whenever she knocks on it in the middle of the night? I'm like, I, I didn't think I did. I don't, I guess I did. And then she had me thinking that I did. Like, okay, I guess I'm getting up and I'm unlocking the door. She loves coming in there with us at night. So then the other day, she's talking and she's, she's got this little hair barrette. She goes, Daddy, you see this? This is how I unlock your door. And sure enough, she uses that thing to unlock our door at night. So first thing I did was tell Katie, I was not the one opening the door, right? But love never fails, man. She loves to come in there with us, and she is, I don't know if we can stop her, actually. I don't know if there's a way that we can stop her. But I just, I wanted to talk a little bit about this today because... I know that I, I'm often challenged with these things, you know, and for, for any of us to say that we love perfectly, we, look, we know that that's not the case. Jesus loves perfectly. He loves you and I right now perfectly and fullness and to a measure and an amount that we could never fully earn or attain. And he's wanting to just give you and I that love constantly and freely and without any form of return, right? But what he is asking us to do is he's taking that love, to take that love and show that to others the way that he's showing it to us. And I love the fact that my ability to love other people the way he's calling me to, because that's a tall order, man. I love the fact that I'm enabled to do that by just receiving the love that he is giving me and that he wants to continue giving me. Let him love on you, right? 
Sometimes we get so busy in our lives, and I know we get this way in our house where we're just running around and doing things, and it's like, I just need to stop and love on my family right now. I just need to love on them, you know? I need to let them love me. And God's wanting to love on you. He's wanting to love on you so much and so often and in such great measure that he's just going to fill you with his love, and that's going to make you able to love people the way he's calling you to. It's kind of like I could be sitting out on a hot summer day, sitting in around the pool, burning up, and I can think about jumping in, but I'm not going to cool off until I actually get in there. And God, He just wants to love on you. He just wants to show you and fill you with His love all the time. And if we'll spend time with Him, if we'll go to Him, if we'll just be with Him, He will love on us and fill us so full of his love that we will be able to share that with other people i know many times whenever i look at how god is using me and i'm loving on other people i think to myself that's only because god is loving me that much that i can do that there's no way that i would even be able to understand the height of that if i hadn't received his love first but when i receive it i get it i see it i understand it and it makes me want to give it away let's all stand to our feet today and let's have the team come back up here oh. love never fails amen love never fails i love that The Bible says that faith, hope, and love abide, but the greatest of these is love. No matter what you do, no matter what you set out to do, no matter what God's speaking in your life, no matter what course or direction, no matter what desires He's put in your heart, no matter what assignments, no matter what relationships, there's a lot of things that are unique about all of us in our lives. But love is consistent through it all. Let us go to God and just ask him to show us his love more and more every day that we may be able to love others the way he's called us to. Father, I just thank you so much today. God, I thank you for what you did in this service and the lives of the people this morning. I thank you just now here for your love that comes without condition comes without earning it it comes freely it comes in fullness it comes in power the Bible says perfect love casts out fear it's powerful it's powerful